0: Hey, what's up, man?
1: Oh, what up? How you doing? How's it going? I'm doing all right. No complaints over here. Just had a good session this morning.
0: Yeah, you, Madison, so. you guys back training now?
1: Uh, yeah, just small group-sided stuff, so it's like four to a field. Um, a lot of kind of functional and technical stuff, but it's better. It's better than on Zoom, you know?
0: Absolutely. Our, uh... All right, when are you guys
1: getting back to more full-team training? Um, It's still kind of up in the air. I know the league is still um, figuring a few things out with when the start date is and kind of the full moratorium and things like that. And, uh, is, am I good if I go sideways, or does that kind of mess up the shot? Yeah, then it has you
0: sideways in it. So oh, okay. I'll you can't go up. straight up in there. Okay, man. Okay. All right, so just to get started, uh, welcome back, guys, to Footy and Coffee Conversations. Uh, just introduce yourself, uh, say what club you're playing for currently, and what position you are. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm Louis Bennett. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm playing for Forward Madison at the moment, and I am a center mid or a left mid-slash outside back, depending, yeah. on, uh, depending on who sees me and who likes me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, you're one of, I think, three guys that are from Wisconsin originally rocking for Forward Madison, so oh, that's yeah. cool, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that was a big a big thing for me. Um, it's a little extra sense of pride, especially being in the home state and especially playing with guys. I know I think JC kind of feels way, uh, the same way. Uh, Carl as well, just kind of first time that Wisconsin's had a professional soccer, so.
0: Yeah, I'm sure kind of surreal to you after growing up in Wisconsin and Milwaukee and then now having a professional team that you can play for. I mean, growing up, that wasn't even a dream uh, of yours at that time.
1: Right. It it seemed a a very distant, kind of distant thing that I didn't even know if I would still be playing when Wisconsin would have a team. So it was in the back of my mind, but nothing kind of nothing came about it. But then when I heard um, I was signed with Memphis, when I heard that Madison was going to be a team and, you know, uh, I was at Memphis heart and soul at Memphis, but you know, a little light bulb popped up for, for future, for future opportunities. And I was just, I was happy for the state and uh, and the community as well. Madison's such a good place and to have, you know, for them to have a team and someone to support. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely. So just, uh, obviously we talked
0: about you, up, you you've grown up, Oh, uh, Hattie's on How yeah, um, that? legend, but just talk a little bit about your youth career. Uh, what did that look like for you growing up?
1: Yeah. So I started playing, uh, with the Bavarian club in out of Milwaukee. Uh, it's an old German club with a lot of history. Um, and I've, Played with the Varying club when I was about 6 to 14, 13, 14. Um, And then when I was 13, 14, I had the opportunity to start – well, to go on trial and start training with the Chicago Fire. um, And And that's – how how far a drive is that from Milwaukee to to Chicago Fire? That's a bit of a hike. Yeah, it was about two hours, no traffic. One way,
0: so that's commit. I mean, so you're you're committed to to soccer at that point.
1: Yeah. So I remember, uh, in this was my beginning of my sophomore year of high school. I would tell, I would tell my last period teacher, I go, listen, you know, I have this opportunity. Uh, Some days, is it okay if I leave fifteen minutes early? Um, And they were really cool with it. but have you yeah. gone? Ba-
0: have you gone back and thanked that teacher now since I have
1: I, I have not. I think, I think with sports, and you might know, I have a lot of teachers to thank throughout high school, <laughs> <laughs> throughout high school and college. I probably wouldn't be who I am and where I <laughs> am today without without them. So. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you to all my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Shout um, but out! Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a crazy opportunity and. Um, my dad being in soccer kind of said, you know, the developmental Academy um, is a, is a way to improve. It's, you know, what the highest caliber league. Um, and if you want to be a soccer player, if you want to, you know, get better, be better, uh, this is an opportunity, you know, he, and I kudos to him. He never forced me to do it. He never, you know, this and that. He just provided um, the opportunity to just, for me to be seen. Um, I think as well as some other coaches from a varying club and I went down there, um, did well. And they kept inviting me back until I was kind of on that squad, which was, uh, which was incredible. And that first year it was, we had such a squad. I mean, it was, uh, Drew Connor was on that. Um, Elliot, Elliot Bors was on that. We had, uh, ooh, I mean, we had we had such a good team, and I know the year before that they had won. Um, they had won the academy, and a lot of those guys um, stayed. Some of them moved up, but that was one of the best decisions, soccer wise. I think I've I've made in my youth career for sure. I mean, I the the amount of detail um, and focus and um they just want you to be a better soccer player yeah Um, and coaches like larry sunderland uh tk even john Delinsky, um they were all they were all around and they pushed they pushed us i mean it was it was a different kind of coaching it was it was professional that's what it was and um and the bavarian club uh you know made gave me my roots and kind of gave me the foundation of being a soccer player. But I think being at Chicago Fire, oh, what up, Morgan, uh, taught me to be uh, a youth professional in certain things, you know, that I need to do as a player um, and as a team and how to act like going forward. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. But, absolutely. I mean, there's so many, so many good uh, coaches from Chicago Fire as well as oh, players yeah. from those years.
1: Yeah, and but that that time was interesting for me because there was a lot of life changes for me um going into the second part of my uh sophomore year. So I had only been playing with the fire for probably two months. Um and the fire had a connection with a boarding school uh in Lake Forest uh with Kevin Verson was the athletic director. Um and it was it wasn't as much of a connection as they'd say, because I didn't, I don't know the kind of logistics of it, but in my eyes, there, there was sorry if any viewers from my boarding school get offended, but, um, but they came and said, listen, we can get you into this boarding school. It'll be a lot easier for you to be more consistent to come to training. Um, Manny Chavez he was there, Christian Lamelli, he was there, both great players with the fire, um, went on to have great college careers mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it felt kind of like, all right, in an instant, I said, yeah, let's do it. So in December, I told all of my friends, which was like three from high school, I said, "I'm, I'm going to boarding school and kind of, you know, Wiped my hands and see ya, and went to boarding school, and I was there my whole junior year and half of my senior year, and it was then that I realized, you know, I want to continue to play, go to go to college, um, and then I actually wanted to uh, try and graduate early from um, from high school, and that was the thing is my dad being a college coach. I've seen a lot of players and a lot of fa- foreign guys, they wanted to come in early to have like an acclimation period in mm-hmm. the spring to then be even better in the fall, kind of almost no surprises. They know the team, they know academic side of it. And that was something that I wanted to do, obviously not being a foreign guy, but if I could be able right. to do that, that was something I wanted to do yeah Um, absolutely um yeah shout out because i i grew up
0: in minnesota so shout out to the minnesota wisconsin border battle um, (laughs) oh yeah but but yeah i think uh i from what i've heard of players that have gone the route of going in a semester early uh it's been very beneficial um to the player because now you kind of get to figure out what college courses and schedules are like in uh spring season which is much less stressful than coming in as a freshman trying to figure out what college is like, let alone what a full season of university football is. Um, you, you have an interesting, I think, route to college soccer or where you decide to go. Um, a unique experience that most of us don't have the opportunity to do. Talk about how, how you ended up at Marquette. Um, were you looking at other schools at first? What, what was the final decision that was like, that's where I want to go.
1: Um, well, growing up, I had the um, the dynamic, obviously, with my dad. But I knew he was a college coach, and I was around it all the time, so I could see. And I was a part, kind of, the ins and outs when I was younger, not really knowing, but I was still a part of that. Um, you know, getting to go into the locker room when I was a little younger and doing this and that. But then, as I got into high school, I could see, kind of, on the soccer side. Oh, this is how the Marquette coaching staff goes about this. This is how they have gone about this. Uh, this is how my dad was a coach at UWM. And that's something I admired. And obviously um, it came to me that, you know, I want to, I want to play for my dad. I didn't leave uh, any other schools necessarily out of it. I made my decision pretty early, but I did have a few other schools that I had in mind Um but I knew ultimately that I did want to play um, for my dad. And not just because he was my dad, it was more of because I had an admiration because I knew what type of coach he was, just based off you know, li- living with him, being around it and everything like that.
0: Now, how did but, the recruiting process go with yeah. that?
1: Like does so he like, like,
0: hey, I wanna offer you a contract, then yeah. he goes and sits on the other
1: side of the table next to you and is like, all right, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh <laughs> That's a good question. I, when, when it started the recruiting process, I kind of sat down with my dad and said, listen, I, I want to, if you want me to come to Marquette and play, uh, if that's something, if you guys think that I'm a player that could help your program, um, then I, I want to be treated like that. I want to, uh, how you guys recruit other players you know, that's how, that's how I kind of want to be a part of it. Um, So that kind of, uh, we didn't have to then talk about it at dinner or, you know, we're watching a movie, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he, looking back, he did a really good job because he left a lot of the recruiting to the uh, two assistant coaches, Steve Bodie and Marcelo Santos, who really um, took kind of that to heart that what I mentioned with my dad who then, talk to them about it so it was the same thing like even though i had been to all the kind of the facilities and trails along before they brought me in showed me around you, you know were very um very good with that sent pa- sent packages things like that and ultimately it was um coach Bodie and coach santos who did most of that recruiting process um and I think at the end, I can't remember completely, but I think at the end when I did commit, I think my mom was next to me. Uh, Coach Bodie, Coach Santos were on the other side of the table, and my dad was kind of right in the middle. Um, and uh, But it was it was kudos to, all, to everyone because I'm sure things can get kind of mixed up with that. Um, but it was very uh, transparent with everything, and, you know, it wasn't – it wasn't kind of like the everyday, you know, like I said, at the dinner table or we're having breakfast and it's like, Oh, like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's like, no, okay. this There's a, there's a rhyme and reason to all of it. And they did a good job with that.
0: Yeah. I think uh, it's such a unique experience. I think it's very cool. Um, but I think it's also one that very quickly, as you said, like, it, it's sometimes hard to keep like the, the lines from blurring at all in a sense. Um, you know, you, you usually when a, when a, Player goes to university. They say goodbye to their parents because they're not going to see them now. You're seeing your dad maybe even more than a normal day. Yeah. Um, you come in. Uh, I know you're obviously highly uh, recruited. You're, I think, the highest ranked player uh, in was a top drawer soccer that Marquette had, had at the time. Uh-huh. So obviously, like you, you earn the spot to be there. Um, but you go into playing. And now you have teammates that know this is coach's son. Um, I'm, th- I'm sure that's difficult for you. I'm sure that's challenging at times for your dad because, you know, someone does a hard tackle on you. Do they get mad at, at the player? Does your dad get mad at them because right. he's your son or not? Um, and then on top of that, you know, you, you start and you start and play, you know, a lot of your freshman year, not saying undeserved, but what is that like navigating
1: that with players that might, originally thinking, you know, (laughs) that's a great question. And that was, that was a question that especially my freshman year was on my mind all the time. Coming in, obviously, I think I had a chip on my shoulder because of that reason I didn't want at any time someone to think that I was here just because my dad was coach or um, just because, you know, we had that relationship and I wanted to kind of make sure that every time that I stepped on the field or, um we had a meeting or whatever it was where he was coach bennett that i treated him accordingly and he uh treated me as he would a player um and that kind of translated to he he might say he was a little harder on me uh, than other players um but yeah like i said it was important for me to um to show that when i'm on the field he is he is coach bennett and i made sure that by you know, when I was on the field, calling him coach, uh, res- I mean, respect him as a coach, even though I would respect him as my dad as well. But, um, yeah, going in, there was a, like I said, there was a chip on my shoulder and I wanted to prove myself for many ways, but that was definitely, definitely one of them. Um, and in the springtime, uh, there were a lot of good players. We had a big senior class, um, and, one one us uh, one of the Chicago guys uh Brian shishelka who now is the assistant at Marquette he was he was playing in a similar position as me uh Charlie Hoover who I had grown up uh playing with that Bavarian club and looking up to uh he was up playing in the position as well um, and I remember our first our first game was at UWM my freshman year uh and I didn't, get the, I didn't get the start, but it was, okay, I haven't, I haven't done enough mm-hmm. to, to earn this, this spot. There are seniors in front who have three years of, you know, in quotes, money in the bank, you know, of showing mm-hmm. what they got. Um, and unfortunately, that game, uh, B had a, um, what he, he came off injured, I think maybe it was a concussion or whatever. And like, you know, in sports, you know, an unfortunate thing happens, and but it, you know, can open open an opportunity. So for the next five or six games, it was me and, and Charlie Hoover in there. Um, and we won, won a few games. And I think the next two or three games I, I had scored. And it was just a, a time where I thought I can take this opportunity. Obviously so unfortunate for B because he was – I'll he is, 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 was, and is such a baller. I yeah. mean, that guy can, can ball. And obviously it was unfortunate, but like, you know, and a lot of people know in sports, you got to, you know, take your opportunity as a player. And I felt that that was, you know, my time and thing. I think that's when I like kind of started to prove myself was on the, on the field. You know, there's, I can do it in training. Um, and, and this you know, training, behind the scenes, extra practice. But um, when it comes down to it, it's, you know, in the games. And I think I did uh, enough to prove myself and gain a little bit of respect from the players Yeah, even and, more.
0: And obviously, like, <laughs> freshman year, you get all rookie team. Um, and I think, you know, obviously having success on the field uh, is going to help some of those maybe issues between coach and son, teammates and son and coach and all of that. So obviously like getting your opportunity and and taking and doing well with it is important to that. Um, You do well well, um, during your college career. I know you get, you know, second team, Big East. You have quite a few awards. You're ranked um, preseason votes high on a lot of people's lists. Uh, When in that time period of university uh, soccer does professional soccer um, become kind of the focus
1: uh, my the beginning well see I and this is a good question it was in my in my head it was the beginning of my junior year, but I think in the first few games that I took it too much in my head. I was thinking about it too much that it affected, how I was playing and kind of where I was in that moment. And I remember after we went to Indiana and we played, I think we played Notre Dame and Indiana and I played absolutely terrible. Like I was, and it was at, it was at Indiana in one of these, you know, beginning of the season tournaments where you have, you know, professional, professional scouts there, this and that. And I remember sitting in the hotel room with my dad talking to me as a dad, as a coach, as a mentor, because I was saying, I was like, "No, oh, I just feel something off. He goes, well, right now you're playing for Marquette University, right? He goes, "The the only way to move forward, and it was to A, obviously play games, but win, because then people... Um, will show and to focus on the team you are on right now and the players you're playing with and who you are right now. Um, and that kind of clicked in. And it was, you know, my mind my mindset was, I still want to be a professional soccer player, but my mind isn't 100% there when it should be. Right, be present right? in the moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that that season... I did my best to be at, you know, my mind be at Marquette university because who, who knows if, you know, if I'm going to become, if I'm going to become a professional, if I'll get a contract, this or that, if we lose every game and, you know, and I, I play our team plays terrible, then, you know, there's no chance. So it's like, yeah. be, be present where you are. So, but in my head, i I always wanted to be it, but my junior year, it clicked in where, okay if our team does well, then I'm able to do well. Our My teammates are able to do well and now it becomes more of a, okay, this could be an opportunity when I leave school or, you know, when the time comes. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So then talk about, because obviously, you know, uh, everyone has a different route to professional soccer house, yeah. everything, but I think you, you know, you grow up in Milwaukee, you play yep. a little bit in Chicago, then you're living in or right, University of Milwaukee, um, and then you're like first professional contract takes you far away. How yeah. how did that come to pass? What was that? It's
1: it's crazy looking back. I think my life has been made up of a lot of uh, decisions that I've made in like five days, like life change. Like I told you about Chicago Fire moving in, into a boarding school. This was slightly similar. It was the summer going into my senior year and uh, I was playing PDL with the fire under 23s. Like I had been uh, for a while and um, there was an opportunity to go to Cyprus. They had uh, there was a guy there I think who helped bring guys to the U S um, and through kind of that connection, I was just able to get, it was supposed to be a week training. It it really, in my In my head, it was, okay, Like when there is training with a professional club, it's a trial. But Mm -hmm. I was thinking, I'm going there for uh, uh, training, see what the professional environment's like there. And then I was planning on going from there to England for another two weeks, staying with family, doing as much training as I could to then be ready for the senior season, which I was – really excited about um we had some new fresh faces Luca purple was coming in patrick seagrass connor alba i mean ballers were coming in their freshman year um and being a senior being hopefully being uh being a leader possibly team captain was something that i had you know that i wanted to do i had my eyes right. on it three days into this training in cyprus the guy brought me over and offered me a contract and, and I,
0: which I feel I, like it's usually like
1: you come on trial and it takes two weeks to get off of the contract. Ex- eg- exactly, which I was like, um, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm coming back to Marquette. I'm getting my degree. I'm finishing early, and then hopefully, you know, going back overseas or hopefully getting drafted, or you know, right and and so I. <laughs> I called. I called home, and I called a guy who kind of worked with contracts, and said they offered me a contract, this and that. We came back with, uh, um, with a counter, and they said okay, and you know it was that. So
0: I now, stayed Now, what was, what was that call with your dad? Because obviously, as like a a father, the goal it's, of their son reaching professional is amazing. As a coach. You planning to have you on his so, team in a couple of weeks, and then him you God has got to be so. This, so
1: this is funny. Before I left, we had a conversation about um me like coming back to Marquette. He goes, "Oh, if you get if you get offered a contract, would you um would you come back to Marquette?" And I said, "Well, there's a lot of things that go into it. it depends yeah. on the contract. Depends on the club. This and that. But I think ultimately." right now I think, you know, I want to come back and, and play. And he goes, yeah, I, you know, I think that's a, a good idea, but, but it's obviously it's it, whatever's in your best interest. And then when, when I gave the call, he goes, oh my goodness. Uh, okay. And then from that moment, he kind of told me, he goes, either way, like, I want you obviously to be happy, but I know that coming back to Marquette will be a good opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, this is your dream. This is what you've been working for your entire life. If this is something that you really want to do, then, you know, then this is it. And And I'm
0: going to assume, too, like, as your dad, obviously he cares more about you as his son than as a player for his university. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's,
1: you know, at the end of the day, too, he can't be mad. Right, no, hundred percent. I'm sure. I'm sure there may have been a little disappointment, obviously, from a dad's side seeing, you know, their son in a senior, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as a senior, going through the last bit, and then as a coach too. I'm sure a lot of coaches love to see their players go from being a freshman to being senior, how they've changed, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. But yeah, like I said, he said, if this is your dream. And I remember before I made a, uh, a commitment or signed anything, uh, I went to uh, the stadium. It was a preseason game, and I watched it. And I remember walking into the stadium, uh, and the stadium probably holds close to 10,000. And I walked in, and I was like, oh my gosh, this this is why, you know, this is one of the reasons why I play soccer. This is one of the reasons... Like, I want to be out there. I want to play. So I ended up signing there. And that was that was the start of my professional career. Um, I had it. You know, it took me. Three, maybe four days to make the decision between, you know, getting contract countering or. And then you know I was like, okay, well now I'm moving to Cyprus and did Virginia. you
0: go did you go home first or did you first No so stay I there? stayed
1: I stayed so I went to Cyprus with a carry-on bag with, <laughs> with three shirts, two shorts, a pair of pants, and my boots. and I stayed there for another two a month and a half. and we went on a preseason trip to Poland. Um, and then when that finished, I went home for 48 hours, got my things, and then flew back. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And that, I mean, in Cyprus, it was, it was phenomenal. It was talk about being kind of put into such a professional environment and uh passionate soccer setting. I, I mean, they love football. Yeah. They love football. Um, and the players uh, that I played with on the team was called Anorthosis Famagusta were very good players. We had two players who played for Brighton in the championship. We had one player who scored um, double digit goals um, in La Liga. We had multiple players playing in uh, uh, second division in Spain. Uh, One player who I think was in the top three scores of the Polish league before he came. I mean, they were top quality players. So for me to be a young yeah, no, Ameri-
0: no one else from
1: Marquette, but no one, but no one from Marquette exactly, and well, no Americans too. I, I, I can't. I'm trying to think about even in the league at the time. I don't think there were any Americans. Yeah. Were you
0: signed as an American or with your British passport?
1: Ah, that's a good question. I think I was signed with my British passport, which okay. helped. And that's yeah. helped me that's helped me kinda of go back and forth. And I think that was one of the main reasons um that it was a lot easier to sign me as a foreigner because uh because of that. Right. And oh one of my teammates from uh, from Cyprus, Milan, what up? Uh, um you do not want to get into a tackle with him. One <laughs> to avoid. Uh, Hey he's a good player, but yeah, it was the players were incredible, and I wanted to just be as much of a sponge as possible because I knew where these guys came from, what they were like as players, what they were like in training, and just take as much as much in as I could and I thought I thought going there, I go I'm kind of just ready for whatever happens. I'm gonna train obviously the hardest I can and do what I can. Um, and just be ready for my opportunity to play um, whenever that may be. But like I said, just kind of put my head down, work hard in training and learn. That was like a big thing for me is learning from these top players who have been to these leagues, you know, the championship in England, you know, in Spain, right. first and second in Spain. Um, Milan was uh, in the under 23 world cup with Serbia or under twenties and um, It's, you know, it was just a time for me to to learn and be a sponge. Absolutely. Here comes one of the stories that I wanted to tell you. The fans, uh, especially the Ultras in Cyprus, were incredible, but so passionate. Every game they had flares, they were chants, nonstop singing. Um, And I remember we were playing a rival team, And uh, both sides, uh, one side at our stadium, it's almost caged off, 30 feet high, Um, and then the cages are here, or the fence, sorry. And then there's like a little, almost moat-like trough area from to yeah, probably like yeah, probably like five feet down. So it stops players, uh, stops uh, fans from running onto the field. This and that. And I remember it got close to halftime and the rival fans started pushing on the fence and broke it open. And one of them had a flare and hopped under, the, um, hopped under the fence into this little moat trough area and then ran around the field. And all you could really see is the top of his head and the flare and the smoke going. He got to our supporters section and launched the flare up into our supporters and ran back. This started something that I will and that I never thought I would witness like or be there for it. It went crazy. Our supporters, everyone started lighting flares and tossing them onto the field. There was a swap there was a SWAT team of like 20 that came out on the field and were like, no, no, no. They broke open the, the fence on our side and we're trying to get on. Um, and then the other fans were throwing flares at the SWAT team members and it was like, it was mayhem. But it was all because obviously the tension between and the stories yeah. behind the rivalry and this and that. But it's did you finished the game? They, we did finish the game. The, oh, wow. the, the SWAT team got reinforcements, uh, <laughs> took everything off and then stood there behind the goal Across the whole way, um, for the rest of the for the rest of the time, there we had a lot of we had a lot of support from, from obviously our supporters, but from the SWAT teams when needed, um, when sometimes results didn't go our way and this and that uh, outside Jeez. of the locker room. But once again, that was just something to realize. You know, football is loved and it means so much to certain people, and that in Cyprus you know, I learned many things, but that was one of the, one of the big things Is like, you know, it's not, it's not just, just the game. It's, it's right. even more, especially to fans in that. And that's why it can be, you know, it can be a little volatile at times because, you know, people want to win. There's so much more that goes into it. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And, so what, yeah, what happens with Cypress? How does it come to kind of an end? Yeah, Um. well, like in sports, um, you know, you have a board of directors, you have, you do have a kind of somewhat of political side to it. The four four guys that brought me in and signed me um, eventually got the boot um, and new new coaching staff came in and... Didn't I don't think saw the same thing uh, as the guys that brought me in. Um, you know, it was a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of moving, you know, my whole life and leaving my college college season. Um, and they kind of said, you know, we're going diff- different directions and we want you know older players, this and that. And it was it was difficult for a few. It was probably two or three months or maybe two and a half months, I was kind of in like a holding pattern where, you know, I don't just want to leave. You know, I have a contract for three years, you know, then it got into, you know, money, paperwork, this and that. Um, And I remember talking with one of the the guys, um, one of the older guys. He goes, as a young player, you know, the most important thing is – you know, to get games is to be seen, be seen by the right people. And, you know, you want to leave on the best terms for yourself and with the club as possible. Um, But like I said, if, if you have uh, like he told me if you have a place that you can go where you think it will be a better situation, then kind of, then do it rather than just being held here. Not sometimes not being able to train sometimes being able to train Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I got, I have a lot of stories, you know, for a different time that we can discuss about that sort of thing, but I don't want to get into it too much. Um, but luckily, right before I went to, um, Cyprus, I did a week in Kansas city training with, um, sporting, but also as I think it was like five days with Swope and two days with sporting. Um, and so when I got, when I heard the news that things are changing in Cyprus, this and that, I started getting on the phone, seeing what else, what other options could I get loaned out to a team mm. in England, Germany, Holland, and didn't get much help, which was which was a little annoying. But any um, regret at
0: that moment, like man, maybe I should have just stayed in, uh, stayed in university, finished my senior year, seen what would have come up in the U.S.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing I think for a lot. Of the first, for a lot of my first few, like few years, I always kind of went back to oh, like what if, what if I had done this or what if I had done that, um, and that's something I look back on, thinking like, you know, that could have I could have changed that the way I thought about it, because um, I think I hung up a little bit too much when I was younger on kind of the what ifs. Rather yeah. than, and almost too, like, um, you know, fast forward quick when I I went to spo- uh, with Swope, signed with Swope, but didn't play as much as I wanted to. Um, and the same thing with Cyprus is in my head, I was doing a lot of what ifs, but also I was um, not blaming, but kind of pointing the finger a little bit of, oh, like, my coaches got fired, new coaches came in. Um, there were a lot of other better, like older players in Kansas City. It was, you know, this and that, oh, you know, the coach doesn't like me, this and that. And then when I fast forward again, when I left Kansas City to want to go to Europe again, I kind of realized like, dude, you cannot keep pointing the finger at anyone else because mm-hmm. If you do this, you're gonna be in the same like in the same thing that you've gone you've gone to a club, like you think you do well or you're doing maybe just enough, and then things don't go your way and you're you know, pointing the finger. So I, left- I,
0: I tell my players that, you know, and, and my especially like, you know, guys in leadership positions, captains and stuff, yeah. It's like that complete ownership. You can be a hundred percent right that yeah. because the coach left and this one didn't like you, whatever, right. whatever. But it, if you point the blame outward, there's no growth inward. Ex- and so exactly. you get stuck in the same situation. Exactly, right? exactly.
1: And if I, like now, if I could go back to those two years, to those two years of me being in Cyprus and me being in uh, Kansas City, which were probably the two most like, well-known well-established clubs mm-hmm. that i've been at um i would have told myself that i go like even more so there are times where you know i wasn't saying i didn't work hard or didn't do that but like point the finger back at myself like what can i conti- what can i do uh that i've been doing and do it even better And what uh, what are the things that other people are doing why are other people playing and not me and how can i change that So when I went to, um, so then kind of fast forward, I did my thing in Kansas City, uh, very professional. You know, I had a lot of good good friends that I made there, Um, got a chance to play against Drogba, Strong Wright Phillips. Uh, I mean, almost obviously, what do they say? It only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But I I remember my debut in San Antonio. It was uh, the ball got cut back to the 18 and I hit it first time. And one of their center, central defenders like dove, and it, he was wearing one of those caps. Yeah. The ball, the ball hit his cap. His cap flew off, and the ball went straight up in the air, and then came down and hit the crossbar. And I thought, dang, that uh, that could have been. But you know, obviously, sports <laughs> sports happen in, in weird ways. Exactly. But, um, but once again, I think at Kansas City, even more taught me to be a professional because they, you know, I think Peter, Peter Vermees from top to bottom, makes sure that everyone is being professional acting professional or learning to be, you know, for the younger guys learning Mm -hmm. to be, and if you're not, then you're out. He's very cutthroat, um, very honest, very straightforward. Um, And our coach uh, Nikola was, was the same way, you know, he told it how it was and, um, and I respect that, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I thought, okay, still, I, I got to get, gotta get games, got to get games. And I got a call in mid uh, – maybe July from a guy in England who called both me and my dad and the guy that I was working with saying, oh, I think we can get you on trial with a few clubs over here. So I thought – well, you know, I, I like it in Kansas City. I'm not playing as much as I want, but I think uh, at that time, I was like, you know what, I can, I can continue. I can be better than these players, and I can play. You know, It's the mm-hmm. end of the season. Guys might get injured. I was, that's what I was thinking in my head. Um, and then once again, they're talking um, to the guy who's helped me and also with my dad. It was, you know, you got to get games. you got to be seen. you got to yeah. consistently play. Um, And so I was, once again, in my head, it was, you know, I was split. And it was, uh, the guy was like, yeah, if you want to do this, it's, you got to be over and you got to be overseas in three days. Not much time to think about it. So I was under contract at a club that I wanted to be at. I was getting paid to play. I was, you know, in such a professional environment, having the chance to train and be a part of... Um, sporting KC, playing with players that are getting signed to first team contract, this and that, but just not playing obviously as much as I would have liked to. But I have an opportunity to go to back to Europe and prove myself there again. So I'm split. And I said, you know what? Um, I talked um, with Zorin, who's a part of the first team staff and kind of, I talked with him about what he thought and, And he just gave me some advice, which I'll always remember and kind of thank him for. And ultimately, I decided, you know what, I packed my bags. Um, You know, I signed the paperwork saying, you know, my contract with Swope is obviously no more. Packed a carry-on again and went to England. And uh, I stayed with my cousins up north for two weeks trying to work with this guy to find clubs. Up north, there wasn't much, so then I went down south and stayed with a family friend for a month. And I was uh, training with Mansfield Town, which was a League 2 club, but only with their under-18s. And I was 21 at the time, and I kept saying to the guy, you know, like, when can I? When can I get in with the first team? When can I get in with the first team? I even had a game. They uh, their 18s mixed with their under 20s and played a preseason game. And I played in that game, scored, thought I played well, and I kept telling this guy, "Hey, when can I? When can I get in yeah. first team push?" And I go, "This is why I came to England," uh, and nothing came about it. So I remember I was in uh, my family friend's house uh, ready to book a flight home. Like it was, I remember it so clear. It was on my computer screen, like about to click it. And I called my parents and said, Hey, listen, like I'm coming home. And then crazy enough, uh, uh, my dad had talked with, um, a guy about something, something that wasn't in regards to me, but then it had the guy brought it up saying, Hey, I have a, a team in the Czech Republic. And my dad said, can he give you a call? I go, (laughs) I go all this of, Oh, I have a team for you. Then I go, you know, I take a plane with a bat. It's like, I was so, I've I've uh,
0: seen this song and dance before. uh, Uh, Oh
1: yeah. It's, 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 it was, I got to a point where I was like, dude, like, I don't know if I can do that again. Like Mm -hmm. if I get to if I get to the Czech Republic and it's this again, like I am gonna be like I don't I don't know. It's that's it's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's mentally just so draining. Yeah, and that's what it was. And it's like I'm like I'm thinking like, okay, I just I'd come from a club in Cyprus with these types of players and was like valued this and that. Then I went to, you know, an organization in uh, with sporting um thinking you know and the whole time I thought and I knew I was like good enough but it's like you say, it's like it's draining just um getting told oh we you have an opportunity and then then you don't and then oh we might have this and then you don't but that's kind of that's how it is that's the difference I wouldn't say the difference but that's part of what Europe is it's like a lot of you know he said, she said, and then, you know, when you knock on the door, it's like, no one's home. Yeah. So, so I had a talk with this guy and I told him kind of, I told him that I go, listen, I have just, I willingly got out of a contract to come to England thinking that I would at least have a trial and nothing came about. Um, and I you know another, that was another tough pill to swallow, but I go, but I want to play and I want to continue to play. And I don't want this to like tarnish my like aspirations of continuing to be a professional. I didn't want to be like a, a two year American guy who kind of goes and then comes back and you're, you know what I can, I can use, use my degree, which I didn't have at the time. Actually, I did not have a degree cause I left early. Um, but the guy goes, listen, like you're gonna, you're gonna train with the team and, uh, he's going to see how you, how they like you and then kind of go from there. If I know anything and I know the coach, then you'll, then I think he will like you. Mm-hmm. And after the first day of going to Czech Republic, I, uh, played with a team called Vishkov, which was the far, uh, east side of Czech, Czech Republic. It was about 20 minutes outside of the second biggest city. Uh, no one spoke en- no one really spoke English in that town. No one at all. Um, and even on the team, there was we had two guys who spoke a little bit, so they're kind of my translators. but after the first day, the coach uh, kind of sat me down and said, yeah, we we want you. we want you to play. We think you can be vital um, to and
0: that's our, real, to our team. real quick with that. like what I tell obviously because we have younger listeners is. Yeah like if if clubs are pulling you for a week to not giving you an answer like if they value you yeah inside of one or two trainings like they can tell they value you and want you otherwise it's like they're maybe sitting to see if something better comes along or they just they need you for training or what have you but it's kind of like it's hard because players need a contract so they're willing to put up with it but at the same time for a player like you have to know your, your worth and have uh enough self-confidence almost to be like, if they're, you know, yanking your chain, so to speak.
1: No, right. And that was, that was a big thing. Like you said, I think, and when a coach then does tell you that you do have that, like even extra bit, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to always have that confidence going in, especially to a trial of, you know, I'm good enough to play here. I'm good enough to do this. Um, But then like, like you said, when a coach kind of says it right off the bat, that kind of gives you a sense of, okay, I continue, I need to, continue to prove it every day, but you know, that's, you know, that's kind of why I came. Uh, so I did a half, half a season in the Czech Republic, um, which was, I mean, it was, it was the third division in Czech Republic. So it's the third tier. Um, some good, some really good players. Um, but I was able to play, you know, I played almost every game, uh, I think scored a few times, assists a few, a uh, few times, and just I thought was a a vital, vital role in that team. And was it they, hard though, without like you know not having English and everything? like it, that? Yeah, I mean, I remember the first, uh, the first um, pregame speech was all in Czech, but because I was in the starting lineup, I could hear my last name, so it was you know, check, blah, 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 Bennett, blah, 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 Bennett, blah, 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 you know? And I'm thinking like, oh shit, like I'm definitely going to mess up this first set piece or, you know, not put it in the right spot or this and that. Luckily, I had our goalkeeper knew a little bit of English. She was in school still. And so he kind of helped me out, but it was it was a lot of... um Kind of charades and hand motions, and I'd always, I'd always grab before they went out. I'd always grab the the guy who spoke a little bit of English and would talk to him, and then he would talk to the coach. And then the the funniest thing was, I uh, as you know, things get heated in the team. I got into it with one of the one of our players. You know, it was like just how how you would with a teammate, but I don't speak any Czech and he doesn't speak any English. So it was me like getting heated in English and him getting heated in, <laughs> in Czech, And then our coach kind of like had to slightly explain certain things that I got the translator. in, And it was, it, I was like, at the end, I was kind of laughing because it was so, so funny, but that was, that was another thing that kind of, I, I had to, I just had, you had to, you have to realize that you have to learn or it's not, or you're not going to succeed. It's like, I can say, oh, I don't speak, um, don't speak Czech. You know, these what do these guys think? Most of them are all Czech, and Americans come in thinking that you know he can play with, with you guys. Um, and that was kind of like what we talked about before. I was I wasn't kind of pointing fingers at anything. I was pointing fingers at myself, saying, okay, you don't speak Czech, so what is the best way to learn what uh, what the guys want from you, what the yeah. coach wants from you. Um, do you have to do a little bit of extra? Do you have to sit with them afterwards and just, you know, get a whiteboard and a, and a a dry erase out? You know, it's stuff like that where I was like, I have to kind of take control of that. Um, and then it came to November and they have a, a break in the season, I think from November to like February. So I came home and was trying to, uh, click on with with a club um and uh i ended up going to la to go on trial with los dos and they had uh, they had a lot of guys on trial who had been at clubs um i remember guys from st louis uh um Walker, Walker Hume from FC Dallas was, was there with me. He was my roommate. Good player. There was a lot of, a lot of good players. And um, it seemed like, you know, they were going to sign a few guys um, which they ended up not signing. And everyone was kind of had their, their eyes, their eyes kind of, Oh, and I thought, I honestly thought when I went to Los Stos that they were going to sign me. And I remember it so clearly. I went in, to the last meeting at the end of the week, uh, pretty confident. And, uh, coach Munoz kind of looks at me and kind of says, you know, I think he was being pretty honest. He goes, listen, like, I know, I know you can play. We can see that you can play. Um, but we're just going to go, we're going through a different route. You know, we have a lot of Academy guys coming through. We got a lot of first team guys. And then I remember the last thing he said to me was, uh, so, uh, are you going to stick with it? you gonna still play and in my head I was like what it's like of course of course I am like I've been all around, all the way around the world and back and then to I didn't the grind LA, for nothing yeah to LA on a trial not just to like give up because you know I came for a week you know I've, I've been yeah. through that so then the next few months were a little difficult because it was that was pretty close to the end of kind of, you know, when trials are and this and that for the USL. Um, So for like two months, I was just training on my own. Um, And I had a booklet of all the USL coaches, all the MLS coaches trying to figure out their email, their phone numbers, and was just like emailing, calling, um, and didn't get a whole ton of stuff back. So then I thought, you know what, like, what I might have to do is—I um, knew that the League One was going to be uh, a league, so I was looking at uh, teams that were going to transition to League One. Tormenta was one of them, so I got a hold of their coach and kind of talked with him to see about how they were going to transition from a Twenty Threes to uh, League One. And I had a long talk with a lot of coaches. I go, I can either go back to. Czech Republic but it, it was it was good but it wasn't really where I wanted it to be or where I wanted to go I kind of realized that I want to I wanted to make my bones in the states because I got a little bit of, of a taste when I was at sporting and felt like I could do it and then you know went back overseas um but I wanted to do it in the states so I kind of thought in Came to the conclusion that I got to find a club that has an under 23s team and do well enough that I can then train with whatever first team they have and then get signed from there. So I was looking up or the teams that were going to go uh, League One. So I, Tormenta, um, and then I ended up calling. Um, john perlman at uh okc when he was there he's at tucson now um and i kind of told him my situation um and he goes we we would love to have you we actually have uh two or three guys also in your similar situation who have been playing professional who've been out of a club but who need to get games and we uh we do have a lot of opportunity to sign with the um uh sorry, to train with the first team and possibly get signed. So I thought, you know, this, I might have to do this. You know, I've been playing. I remember playing in this, in this league when I was. Yeah. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And I was like, like, I'm going back to it. And that, that point I could have said, you know what, I'm, I'm better than this. But then I would have said, Oh, I'm better than this and not have a club. Yeah. And be, be sitting in my parents, in my parents' basement, like, you know, doing nothing. Yeah, that evil so thing usually doesn't help in, in situations like right. this. And so, so I thought this is something that I got to do. And once again, it was, I had that kind of mentality of, okay, I got to point the finger at myself again. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to ha- get that opportunity. So I'm going to be the best player on that team. Um, I'm going to help them try and win as many games the best teammate that i can be to then prove to uh the energy's first team that i can that i can do that right i'm back sorry Um, keep going yeah no so i was so it kind of got to that point where i was like you know i i gotta i might have to go down down a little bit to um uh to then make my make my bones again back in the states you know because i think doing that stint in the Czech Republic. I don't think that maybe I was forgotten, but a lot of times I think when American players go overseas that when they come back, because you know, there's a, there's a pretty large market and it's getting bigger, um, for players in the States that sometimes, and every every year, I mean, how many more players enter that market? Exactly. Exactly. So it was, uh, so I ended up packing my bags in summer, going to, uh, Oklahoma and, uh, I think John, John Perlman helped me um, in that kind of uh, situation that I was in. Um, He gave me even more confidence and kind of told me like, listen, like if it's, if you do well, if we're going to give you an opportunity with the first team, but like, this will be good for you no matter what, you know? Um, And he, he pushed me and, um, you know, he, he made me. He made me just want it even that more. Um, and uh, I ended up playing really well. I was playing left back that whole time and scored scored as many goals I think in the season that I ever did, had more assists than I ever did. Your free kicks uh, at, were on point
0: though. Yeah, know. at playing
1: yeah, at playing left back. Um, and also playing in that Oklahoma Heat it's, <laughs> It, and that was, I'm not, I'm not great with the heat, but that was, that was something else, but that was, that was good. And I got, I got opportunity to train with the first team. So did um, a few other guys. I we was just there. had uh we had Cody. On. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's, he's such a good guy. I mean, he was, when you talk about top professionals, he's, if he's not on your list, then, yeah. then you got, and you got something wrong, but um, yeah, there's good players, but, at the end of at the end of my time, they had a a full roster. I think they started winning games, and they kind of said, "You know what? It's you know it's uh, it's not it's just not something that we don't need. We don't need really a left back right now. We don't need this. You did well, this and that, but sorry." And that kind of that kind of hit me. But I go, I thought, you know what? I had a good season, and luckily it was all filmed on tape. So that week that they told me no, um I came back and I made a uh, I made a video of just that season. Um and then I sent it to everyone again. I sent it to that whole list and the guy that uh had been working with me um to find clubs uh actually sent it to um to Memphis. Uh and there they um, they liked it, and they were they were new new clubs, so they were trying to get players in um, and get people signed, and they liked it. So that I came back in the in July, I think, and then by September, I want to say I had already had a few uh, a few calls um, with with the coach, and um, then was signed, I think early or late, late September. Now, um, how good does that feel? Cause it's like, uh, you've
0: been bouncing around, you've been this country, this country, PDL, hoping for a yeah. first team. And now you
1: finally are assigned to a team. No, it was, it was phenomenal. It was, it felt really good. It felt like, uh, cause I had a, I had a vision in my head that, okay, if you, you need games, if you go down and do what you need to do at this, at this level, at, in your current situation, that then things will open up for you and I had that vision going in and because if I didn't have that vision I think I would have just had um, a summer league you know I'd have just been like oh it's just a summer league it's yeah. just uh, it's just another time to be out in the sun and playing soccer but I really had that that, that summer had a vision of okay this is going to be my stepping stone uh, to the next club. I didn't want to take it, anything it, I, it, I didn't want to take anything away from from the club that I was at you know I was saying. I want to win games for Oklahoma City Energy's under 23. But in a personal note, I want to use this as a stepping stone. And I think what's interesting, going back to your junior year at Marquette, you're thinking, I want
0: to go professional. You're yeah. almost thinking like too much about the professional, and you have a right. couple bad games at Marquette. Now, right. fast forward your your development as a player, you, yes, yeah. want to use this as a stepping stone, but you figure out how to succeed at OKC,
1: which then will lead to the next success, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's that's kind of the evolution of obviously myself as a mm-hmm. as a player, and that was and that was really a hundred percent. I kind of I had to make a plan, I had to stick with it. Uh, expect things weren't going to go my way sometimes, but just continue to continue to work, continue to do that, and um, yeah, it it ended uh, it ended up like going to Memphis and it was really exciting because there was a lot of hype behind Memphis and, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of good things, a lot of good things going on. Um, so yeah. And then the season I trained, Oh, sorry. Between, uh, between that, uh, when I got back from OKC to knowing that I was going to have a club in February, I was actually able to finish my degree at Marquette. So so, so I, yeah, so I trained that whole like four months I was back home. I knew I was out, I didn't have a club, but I knew that I was going to have a club. And I told, um, you know, I told the coaches, um, that, you know, I'll be training and I'll be fit and I'll be ready to go. But I, and then I finished my degree, which was huge. Um, and so then, yeah, then I went to Memphis and it was, I still have some of my best friends were, were from them are from that team. And, um, I know Morgan checked in, uh, a little bit ago, but it was, it was good and it was the excitement and the energy behind the whole community and, and setting and the league, uh, was really good the training. Um, but once again, it was, it was another situation where, you know, I'm doing, doing what I can do to, try and play. And it was the difference. I think this time was that I was, you know, kind of pointing the finger at myself just and still trying to do better, this and that. And, um, and the coach and assistant coach were telling me, you know what you you're doing good. And we're still relatively early in the season. We're going to need you. You're going to get your opportunity, like keep pretty much keep doing what you're doing. And, and I thought, okay, this is another, this is another time where, if I continue to do what I'm doing, but also push myself, that what they're saying will come true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of came true, but in a way that I didn't think it would. Um, they had got a call from Madison about, uh, I think about a certain player, um, and then had asked about me, and. Um, Coach brought me in and said, "Listen, like we love we love having you here. Um, we think that you do ha- will get an opportunity to play here. But Madison's has called about you, and I think you'll get even more time there um, and a better opportunity to prove yourself and see how you do. And then, you know, possibly then resigning um, here, depending on how you do with games and stuff, this and that. But at the end of the day, it's another opportunity for you." To possibly, you know, play more, um, even though um, we like we like you here, and I thought, okay, yeah, I I that's uh, I want to be here, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, getting an opportunity at another club again just to, tr- to play was was big. And now, um, do you think part of it that made it an easier transition is because it's close
0: to home? Is that uh, is that at all a part of it or not at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it made it easier on like a personal on like a personal level that it's you know, things are a little more familiar. But I think what also made it a little easier is I had talked with Daryl on the phone and he just kinda I could hear it in his voice and what he was saying that he knew who I was as a player and like knew that he wanted me at madison for a reason um and i know that uh tim Mulqueen, at my coach at memphis wanted the same um but i think just the situations um you know he's gonna put his best 11 on the field um and for a certain amount of time i wasn't in that okay but i don't think that changed that he wanted me at uh memphis to be ready for when they needed me uh for when my opportunity came but I think t- uh, Tim also said, you know, it might be in your best interest to get games for you because you have been working hard doing this, and you know, this might this might be the opportunity we were telling you about. Maybe not for us, but for so played a played a few few games with uh, with Madison. Um, you know, had a full a few full nineties, um, and thinking about it, this was the first since Oklahoma was the first time, like, really getting in, like, a good, like, good minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I was ready, but obviously, um, you know, not everything goes your way, but I was ready for it and, you know, just willing to willing to stick it out. And then it came to the end of the season, sat down with Daryl, and he says, you know what, we want you back. Um, we liked what you did. We liked what you brought in the locker room on the field. Um, I think, and then I, I actually, I called, uh, called Tim back at Memphis, had a good, had a good chat with him. Um, and he said, you know, I think, I think that's a good, a good, good spot for you. I think if you came kind of coming back here, you might, might be in a similar situation, bringing in a lot of new players, this and that, but I think he's, he, he was good and I still have a really good relationship with most, uh, almost everyone at, at Memphis, uh, we played him in preseason, actually. So I I got to uh, in Birmingham, and I got to talk with uh, Tim and Ben, and Tim Howard was there as well, who is also just a class act. I mean, he he knows everyone's everyone's name, a part of that organization by first name, and you know, willing to reach out and everything like that. And I still had some some buddies on the team, uh, which was nice. But it was uh, it was good to hear from Daryl, especially at the end of the end of the season it was almost the first time like concrete that a coach in my professional career that hadn't got fired or hadn't moved on said we want you back
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's huge it's like yeah not that not that you can live in and breathe by what a coach's opinion is because everyone's going to be different
1: but
0: when you are at a club
1: and the club uh and especially the coach values you that's massive yeah that's the thing and i've and I mean, I think that's why Daryl, as a coach, for me, it's like he's straightforward. He'll say he'll say what you need to hear, uh, not necessarily sometimes what you want to hear. But that's that's what it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and trust the tr- well, big thing is like he trust. I think he trusts me, and that was a big thing um, of why I wanted to come back because of kind of how how the situation played out, how he was as a coach. Um, and also the, our assistant Neil as well. He'll, he'll say, he'll say it exactly how it is, uh, you know, uh, no fluffing it up anyway. And I like that, you know, I can take through, through everything I've been through, I can take, you know, a little bit of, or a lot of bit of, you know, this is how it is. you might not like it, but this is what's going to take for you to get better. So I was really, I think with everyone, I was really excited for this, uh, for this season. Cause to kick off and and get after it. Uh, still know a lot of the guys on on the Madison team and um, getting to play in the preseason games. Obviously, I'm fortunate with all the um, with all the COVID stuff and the seasons being postponed. But no, it's it's a it's a good situation and it feel it is like you said. It's nice to be closer to home, but more importantly, it's nicer to be at a club um, where you're valued exactly. And I think that. I think at Memphis, I definitely was, was valued as a person and a player. Um, but I think there's just here, there's just a little more opportunity for now for me to prove to them, you know, that, mm-hmm. I, can, that I can do it.
0: 100%. I, yeah. uh, now, I also hear in your free time that uh, you ten- sometimes like to partake in just the random bike ride. Yeah, who would you hear that from? I just I do my
1: research. Yeah, so when I was in, I love, I have a lot of friends back home who are like really into biking. Um, and uh, so I've always, since I was young, just loved to go on bike rides and get out. Um, when I was in Kansas City, I got a bike off of Amazon and had to put it together. And since then, it's been with me. Uh, I think it's in our living room right now. But yeah, I, I love to go on bike rides. I have um, when I put it together, it was a fix. It was a fixed gear, and I realized quick that I should not be riding a fixed gear <laughs> because it can get a bit dangerous, especially with playing. So I switched it to a single speed, so now I can just coast and chill. And yeah, I love uh, I love getting out when the weather's when the weather's good and just having a nice little bike ride. I thought, yeah, that's what I heard. You like to just get out. I like oh, that. Yeah. So I see yeah, yeah. I see
0: Obviously, negative. You're not training
1: so much because of the COVID, but more time to get out. Oh yeah, I I, Madison is a great place to get on the bike and go. It's very bike friendly, and it's got some beautiful lakes to go around, and um, and some good places to you know kind of get involved in. Any any thoughts of adding pegs to it so you can wheel one of your teammates around? I'm hoping when the right time is, maybe I can get a tandem. That'd be pretty incredible. Maybe I can get a tandem bike. Maybe when our the apartment's a little bigger. No, I'm just kidding. ready. Maybe I don't know. There, we got some pretty uh, pretty big guys on our team, so I don't know if I could fit them on, on pegs. I might fly back. What about what tandem and pegs? I have so never seen that. I've no. seen pegs. I've seen tandem. I've never seen hey, it
0: together. We'd, say,
1: we'd save a lot of gas going to training with four guys on a tandem bike with pegs. It's that'd be good that'd be you, really good yeah you that's efficient that's <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've been I've been meaning I wanted to actually you know sometimes ride my bike to training but now with the COVID stuff they take our temperature before every training session and it's the infrared uh, yeah, like yeah. on the forehead so we've had uh, some issues um, just with making sure guys are not out in the sun before they do it, sure, obviously. So I thought, well, I there goes my idea of biking, and I biking feel like it's such,
0: such a Wisconsin thing because I was like what Brett Favre was known for, right? Biking, to, yeah, biking yeah. To the, yeah, the, the I stadium mean, when the weather's good, it's, it's a nice little warm up, get the legs
1: loose. I, I love it, I love it, I like it, man. Um, all right, so
0: switching gears a little bit, see how I brought the yeah. bike pun into it,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, oh, that's a good that's a good one, that's a good one. You've, had, you've had a lot of different experiences um uh, yeah you know i unique experiences in playing for your dad and yeah. playing for one of the you know best academy teams and going overseas to multiple different countries as well as you know taking a step back almost from professional down to pdl and then finding yeah. a new team and getting loaned out so you've had You've had a lot of different experiences in your time, um, in your career. What would be the biggest uh, advice you would give yourself at 15 years old, Do that sophomore about to go to Chicago uh, yeah. for the first time? What would be that biggest advice you would give yourself?
1: Um, uh, kind of a few things. The first thing, and I say this, I think, to anyone who asks, and I still try to implement it with anywhere I go, um, is always like kind of be a sponge um, there's always guys that have either done it or have been a part of it um, or are doing it and learning from them um, and not thinking that you know when when you don't uh, and even when you do know still being a sponge um, to get that information and to better I would also say I would tell myself trust your craft but never stop working on it and never stop adding. Uh, to your arsenal of, you know, whatever it may be that makes you the player you are. Um, because the moment that you let your foot off the gas, then someone who has been kind of sharpening their tools, getting um, getting ready for that will kind of, you know, take you over. And that might be in your position. That might be the one spot at a club, you know, where now you're out of contract, this and that. I would say, yeah, I would say trust your craft, but never stop working on it and never stop, um I'm kind of, you know, focusing that it's, it's on you to, to, to do that.
0: Yeah. Which I think coming from you uh, and what you've talked about, just about your individual kind of development or, you know, your growth you've learned through the game is part of that. And that all encompassing, as we talked about before, kind of like leaving the ego at the door. Yeah. Like no. You can learn from people you're always have things to improve, like never, Resting on your laurels, that like, oh, I did this, so now I can just coast from here.
1: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, I think the same thing too is, every club that brings a player in, they bring that player in for a reason. If that's 100%. because you can do this, you know, you can hit a fifty-yard diag. If that's because you just crunch players and tackles, you know, if then you start to play and you're not per- doing that, then it's you know in the eyes of the owners, in the eyes of the coach, even with your teammates, like where where is this guy? Where where is that identity part? And so it's making sure that knowing why you're why you're at a club, what makes you you, but then also the small things. It's like working on my right foot or making sure that I can, you know, sprint A to B, you know, this and that. So it's like adding to it, but it's also knowing why you're there, but not like you said, then resting on it or using that as like a crutch because You know, someone's gonna come right up to you and kick that crutch and you're gonna fall. Rather than you just standing up saying, I've continued to do this, I'm even that much better at it now because I've still been working on it.
0: Yeah. So next question, um, and this one is I'm interested to hear from you because I think, you know, you grow up with a dad who's a coach. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. for some amount of time, like you're gonna play. At some point that has to switch to your decision, not just because your dad's a coach and that's why you're playing so what like now is your why for playing what's like that that deep reason that has Uh, that passion to keep going
1: when i play i think a lot of guys might say this but when i play it's like everything that i'm going through dealing with like disappears it's like i i only focus on playing and it's even when I'm playing, sometimes like obviously you, you're you're focused, but it's like I'm in I'm in like a little different world. It's like the things that may have been keeping me up at night, or the things that I'm thinking about while while on my bike ride or whatever. Those those things, honestly, they they tend to disappear, and I'm out I'm out there with guys that I love, you know, with fans, with the community, and it's just like it, it feels. Like that's the only thing in that moment that I'm doing and that I want to do, and it, it that's that's 100% the reason why. Yeah, I, I just get I get I get I get lost in it, and that's the thing is sometimes when I think this kind of this whole COVID thing has happened is like we're doing things kind of inside, and it's how do you find that same that same level of getting lost in it? Like, can you get lost in it? you know hitting it against a board in your backyard or juggling in a basement or you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and you can but it's not the same obviously so trying to keep your mind you know saying okay this is why i do it you know remembering that you know when you're on the field when you're training that that is you know how it makes you feel is definitely something that i look forward to every time stepping on the field absolutely
0: no i when i was playing that's exactly how i felt it was just like an escape from everything yeah. else going on in my life and it was just like a hour right. and a half to just like just play soccer and know all that yeah thing.
1: no 100 percent, 100 percent.
0: so biggest takeaway i have from your uh from from interviewing you is uh don't
1: coast unless you're on a bike yeah <laughs> i like that I like that. Don't coast unless you're on a bike. I might have to start using that. That's that'd a be, good one. That's a weird. really good one. I'll let you steal that. I'll you <laughs> yeah, I'll, I might have to. I might have to steal
0: that. All right, man. I appreciate you taking time to share your story. Um, oh, no, definitely. I think it's just, it's a unique story. And I think it's, it's very, uh, I don't know if cool is the right word. I'll say cool. To just yeah. see your development and growth through the different experiences. Right. Cause at the end of the day, football, soccer whether whether you play for the next 10 years or not the um you being a human is long yeah. so to grow exactly and, and learn from those experiences to take those forwards i think is is awesome to see as well so i appreciate no, you 100%. The time to share everything no.
1: i appreciate you having me on and you know having you doing this with a lot of other uh, other soccer players male female professional it's it's really cool yeah. to hear their stories and have an outlet like that absolutely thank you man yeah have a good one man all right you too bye